it says this, for since the creation, look at verse 20 with me, because we're going to bring this into full context. For, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Yeah, yeah. Even his even even his eternal power in Godhood. So so in essence, my friends, before we even go any further, understand what is being said. What is being said here is that even from the creation, God has made himself known. Yes, sir. To all yes, sir. of creation. Yes, sir. That includes those of us that have a, a, that are in a human body. That even includes the, 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 the flowers, the plants, the birds, and the bees, and every beast that crept on the, yes. the, the, the face of the earth. Innately yes. and inherently has an understanding of, of, of God himself. Let me read it for you one more time. It says, for since the creation, everybody with me, yes. of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. There you are. Mm -hmm. Even his eternal power in Godhead, so that, somebody say so that, Come on, so that with, uh, so that they are without excuse. And then let's go to verse 19. We're going a little backwards here. But it all makes sense. He says, because they are without excuse. Because what made what that, oh, excuse me, because what may be known of God mm -hmm. is manifested in them. Mm -hmm. For God has shown it to them. Mm -hmm. We don't have no excuse. Mm -hmm. We innately, inherently, however you want to say it, have an understanding. And it's a clear one of who God is. Yes, sir. So in essence, what he's saying here is that each and every one of us have a knowing of who God is. Yes, sir. Of who God is. And that's where did that start? That started even at the creation. Uh, look at, let's go back to Genesis. We, we could, why? Because we need to understand what the lie is. Come on, sir. Because if we know and have been innately been implanted the truth of who God is, and for, those, for us to exchange that truth for the lie. It's already been said it ain't a lie because it ain't just any lie. But it's the lie. It's something about the lie. Mm -hmm. If you go with me to Genesis chapter 3. Mm -hmm. Just mark your Bible there because we're going to come back. But Genesis chapter 3. And I don't know about you, but I... I always think about what God is going to show us. See, this understanding about what the lie is is very important, my friend. It's important because it's the thing that is allowed yes, to exchange the yes, truth. Sir. Come on. All right. And again, he wasn't talking to the world. He was talking to the church. So where every man, I'm talking about all of creations, whether they're in the church or not, they have an inherent uh, knowledge or understanding of who God is. Yes, sir. But the church themselves have more of an understanding because we have known God and confessed Jesus. 
Jesus. Mm -hmm. Come on, somebody. Come on. For salvation. Mm -hmm. So this is not talking about uh, exchanging your salvation. Come on now. This is talking about changing the truth of God. Wow. Not that you have salvation. Come on. Yeah. For the lie. And see, the enemy has been working and at work for a long time. But see, when we go back to the, the, the beginning, you remember the word of God says that we were created in his image in Genesis chapter 1. And after his likeness, come on somebody. In there, so that in of itself, glory be to God, makes us to know God. Make us to have known God before we do anything else. Yeah, yeah. But if we go to Genesis chapter 3, then in verse 1 it says this. Now the serpent, let me tell you who the serpent is. It says the word serpent, but we know that the serpent is the, is the devil himself. The devil himself was at work Come on. in this serpent. Come on now. Yeah, he was using the serpent. So the, now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the hill which the Lord God had named. And he said to the woman, see the serpent said to the woman, Satan himself in the form of the serpent, <laughs> said to the woman, as God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, mm -hmm. we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor should you touch it, lest you shall die. And then look here at verse number four. Come on, sir. The serpent said to the one, you will not surely die. You will not surely die. Come on, sir. Do you understand, my friend? See, I, we, we know what this said and we didn't heard it all the life, but do you understand that this is the lie? It's the first lie that man has ever been told. And it's the biggest one. And it's the one that every up that a lie is rooted from. Every lie. Every lie is rooted from the lie. And every since then we know the story. That, that ultimately she ate of the tree, she, she gave it to her husband, and guess what? They surely died. No, not physically in that moment, but they surely died because they, what was said in place was a separation from God that even to this day is where the root of the exchange the, the root of our passion, the lust of all, that the, the burns on the inside of us. Even as born again believers, that is still at root. Trying daily to seduce us in here and exchange. To an exchange. See, God is speaking to us. In this revival, on this night, and laying the foundation of my prayers, because the first thing that we have to do is to recognize. Come on, God is calling the church to recognize, to recognize the state that it's in, as though it has exchanged the truth for the lie. You see, the pastor Smith was talking about a 
thought he was just going to go ahead and preach the sermon because yes, in Ephesians chapter 5, it's filled but God, the church that God was coming back for, the one that it was a spot, spot, wrinkle, blemish, all of that. And that is not the condition of the church. It's not the condition of the church. Not at this time, my friends. And see, this is why this is so important because in God created us in his image, glory be to God. In us being knowing God, this is the part that he wants us to recognize first that we know him. That we know him. And this is knowing goes beyond just salvation. Yes. Come on, sir. See, that, it goes beyond salvation because salvation is the beginning. Come on, sir. See, that once that he has uh, saved us, glory be to God, then the journey begins for him to use us. For the rest of our stay here, my friends, and, and, and let me serve you notice if you didn't know, now you know. That it, see, because this is only about redemption for the Lord. For God himself, he gave Jesus, come on somebody, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so this is about redemption. He paid the ultimate price for us to have that redemption. And if it's about redemption, we're talking about God's perspective. Then if the one once a person is redeemed, then if it was only about redemption for God, Come on and nothing else, then as you was redeemed, you wouldn't be here right now. He would pump you out. You would be in his presence. And how glorious that would be. But God is more than about your redemption. It's about your usage. Come on. He is looking for a church that, that is filled with vessels that are fit for the master. And this is a serious thing, my friend, because what do you hear the, the, the heart of God? Yes. He is crying out. Yes. Oh, no. That's good. That's it. And we need to, man, I'm talking about us mm -hmm. right now. That's it. This in this place. Yes. Come on. Come on. You have to hear the heart of God. Man. Man. Because while we are talking about the body of Christ, the church as a whole, God is speaking to us individually. Mm -hmm. That God is calling for. This revival. See, do you know what a revival is? It comes from the root word of being revived. It, it, it speaks of something that is dead that needs to be resurrected. And so he's speaking to us, and we must take this person. It don't matter where you are. Matter of fact, the reason why you're here is because of where you are. Come on, come on. See, everybody don't even qualify to be here tonight because you ain't they been prepped enough to even be able to receive. Come on, come on, come on. See now you teach. So if you're here today, then understand that it's for a reason. It ain't because Pastor Smith or Pastor John invited you, or Minister Leslie or Minister Cecilia invited you, or your or whoever. It's because God is orchestrating. That's it. That's it. And he wants to speak to our hearts tonight. And what he's saying is that we don't have no more time. Come on. Oh, there ain't no more time. Hallelujah. There's no more time. See, the danger of this lie. See, somebody may be asking the question, well, that was a lie that he told thousands and 
teach it now. And you are right about it. But if you remember what I said, that that lie was the father of all lies. Because he is the father of lies. And that without that lie, then there wouldn't be a lie. But that lie is, is, is where every lie is hurtful. Or is hurtful. And this is the reason why it's important for us as the church to understand the, the, the difference between the truth that we have exchanged. God is true. When you're talking about truth, then we are talking about the fact that he created us in his image. After his likeness. He created us to know him, the only true God. And that is the truth. And the thing about it is, is that this lie has been in, in all generations from the beginning. Yes, and the main purpose of the lie mm, come on now. is to destroy the church. <laughs> Let me correct that. It's to distract the church. He can't destroy the church. There you go. It's to distract the church. Why does he need and want to distract the church? Mm. Well, Jesus said that all this in my hands, I haven't lost none. <laughs> Not one. And Jesus is true, and that is right. Mm. Glory be to God. But he's not distracting the church for what is in Christ's hand. He's distracting the church for what is outside of Christ's hand. Because the only way that they're going to be drawn inside of Jesus' hand is for God to use you, me, as the earthen vessel. Come on. As he put forth his spirit and draws them, he uses earthen vessels, is what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. In there. And so if I can distract the church, if I can get them uh, caught up in the lie. If I can get them on this foolishness. If I can get them with what Pastor John called the monkey business. Then they will be of no use sometimes. And unfortunately that is the state that we see the church in today. Matter of fact if you, if you just look around then you will understand that the world is even turned off by the church. Because of the foolishness. They have no desire even when God is tugging them by his spirit. There is no earthen vessel that he can use. Wow. This is a problem, my friend, and this is what God, that's why I say, can you hear the spirit of the Lord? The God himself is speaking to your heart today. And he's calling forth the change. The change, not the change that you can do, but the change that he can do. But in order for him to do the change, it takes your cooperation. So what does that mean, Pastor John? It means that it requires you to submit to the change.
trying to do what Jesus has already done. <laughs> so this 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 this, this big lie don't have a problem with you trying to clean up your vessel on the outside. The others can see. And that's what your purpose is of, of doing it. So I, I stopped doing this. I stopped doing that. Uh, you, uh, yo, because you want to show. That's, that's not uh, the spirit of the living God. That's a pride. So he's not calling for you know, uh, for us to try to do over what Jesus does. Jesus died on the cross for you. That's the reason why you are saved. That's the reason why you are in right position with him. Right standing for people. But if he brought you into right standing by the blood of his son. It's going to take you cooperate with him for him to move you along the journey. For him to uh, be able to use you and, allow, and make you over into a vessel that is fit for his use. This ain't new under the sun. God has been doing this from the beginning of time. If you remember, go back to Jeremiah, you can see it very clearly. He told Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house. And when Jeremiah got to the potter's house, uh, he, what did he see? He seen uh, the potter at the wheel. And he seen And he was looking for understanding that the Spirit of the Lord said to him, See, this is my children Israel. They are in my hands and they are marred. And so what the potter did, he, he, he seemed fit to make that clay over into something that was useful for himself. And this is the desire that God has for, he had for Israel. And he has for the church today. So we've been marred in his hands. But God has a desire to make us over. It's a something that is useful for the kingdom. Hallelujah. He just don't want, we, we just can't continue because of the lie to be marred in his hands. So every time he tries to mold us, is when we twist it and turn it the other way. Come on, man. That's it. That's it. That's the truth. He said, I'm, I'm talking to you today. And this, it must, somebody say must. It must come to an end, my friend. You must recognize the time. See, the word of God has already spoken to us about the time. It's no secret what is going on because the word of God has spelled it out to us in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Come on. Verses 1 through 5. Yeah, yeah. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Yes. If you don't, I ain't going to take it for granted. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. All right. Second Corinthians chapter 5. I mean, no, I'm sorry. Second Timothy chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 1, it says this. But know this. That in the last day, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Unthankful, come on. Unholy, mm. unloving. Mm. Does it sound familiar? 
about the world. He was talking about his children. The church. The church. That even to the point that even the very elect were being deceived. Come on. That we will be brutal. Despisers of good. Traitors. Headstrong. Haughty. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So I like, wait a minute, don't get this twisted because again when we hear this and we know that he said it in the last days, brothers chapters will come. Let us remember the audience. So he again, so don't get it twisted when you hear me say all of these things. Don't don't immediately attribute it to the world. No, who who do we gotta attribute it to? Us. Yourself. Yes. Somebody said me. Me. Glory be to God. Yes. We gotta attribute it to ourselves. So which one of these lies? Or which one of these are things that have birthed themselves from the big lie? Because see, the big lie was always intended for you to die, my friend. And for the others to die. And if he can't get you to die, then guess what? He's trying to keep you from getting being used that anybody else can live. That's why the church is here. There's a purpose to the church being here. Come on. Your pastor didn't say it, and I don't need to say it over and over again because God is speaking it. And have been for a while. But there's a purpose for the church attitude. And it ain't for us to, 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 you know, to prance around the world as though we something. Mm. Speak, sir. Speak. Come on, come on. It's for God to use it that somebody else can experience redemption. Mm. That's it. Yes, mm. oh, mm. So this is why the prayer went up that this is not about uh, how, uh, the money, cars, and things. <laughs> come on, bear witness to what God is saying. That wasn't Minister uh, Jasmine Smith uh, saying that. Come on now. That was the spirit of the living God. Come on now. That was the spirit of the living God of you. And so God really needs us to understand this and take this personally. See, this revival and the foundation of this first day is about us recognizing God is calling each and every one of us to recognize where you are. Where are you today? Where are you today? You know, this is interesting. I want to read this because Romans chapter 1 verse 25 in the message Bible reads like this. And all this because they traded the true God for a fake God. Amen. And they worshiped the God they made instead of the God who made them. See the essence and where the rubber really needs to roll my friends is that the, bit, the, the, the lie it's all about idolatry. See, and this is the reason why God has just methodically walked us to this place because, yo, know, we the, the church has been doomed to try to, to do just as I said what, what, what Jesus has already done. So we try to clean ourselves up as, as though we can show ourselves to somebody else 
as approved when the word of God says, show thyself approved unto God. But to show yourself approved unto God, he ain't looking at the outside. See, he told, uh, he told Samuel in 1 Samuel when he, when he had sent Samuel to Bethlehem, to, to Jesse's house, to, to, to anoint the king that he had given. He told him then, he says, uh, so what Samuel did, as soon as he walked in the house, he seen uh, Eliab, uh, Eliab, that's his name, but Jesse probably opened his son, and boy, he was big, he was sharp, he was strong, and he even looked pretty good. <laughs> this has to be the one. Come on now. But God told him, I reject him, just like I rejected Saul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is not the one. He, and God told him right then, he said, Samuel, you see as a man see them. And man don't see like I see, because man looks up on the outside. And I, God, he says, I look at the heart. At the heart. And so what, 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 what the big lie is truly all about is if he can get us tied up into trying to fix the things on the outside. What, what, what is happening is we've been ignoring that which is on the inside. And that is where, you know, uh, uh, all of that list that we just read that Timothy warned, uh, Paul warned Timothy about. Right? That's where all of the things if you'll notice, these things are working from the inside. These are matters of the heart. But when you look back at Romans, go back there with me. This ain't the first time that God had mentioned some of the same things. Because if you read a little bit further after Romans chapter 1, verse 25, the next verse says, there's a reason why they did that. For this reason, God has given them over to down to verse 28 it says even as they did like uh, not like to retain even though they did not like to retain their knowledge of God. See they knew God and they did not like to retain God gave them over to a debased mind to those to do those things come on somebody which are not fit being filled with all unrighteousness sexual immorality wickedness Maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, even evil-minded. They were whispers, backbiters, haters of God. Violent pride, bolsters to itself familiar. Inventors of evil things. Disobedient to parents. Undiscerning, undiscerning, undiscerning.
Come on, sir. I don't drink no more. Come on, sir. But you're full of envy, strife, jealousy, covetousness. Come on. And you have no proof that this became an idol in your life. Why? Why? What is an idol? Somebody is asking, what is an idol? You need to know. Let's ask. Because see, an idol is anything that, that, is, that you put, say somebody, that I put. In the place of God, Come on. anything Amen. in your life that takes precedence oh. over God himself, he's talking about to those of us that have known him. Yes. See, this is where they exchange. See, we've been exchanging stuff and didn't even know. Come on, sir. Come on, sir. Man. Yeah. Right. To be aware and accept that which 
And so in close, understand this, and we bring this matter to a conclusion. That God is calling us to recognize. And see, there's, you know, and, and this is how the, the thing is so beautiful because it, he, he has to call us first. There has to be a recognition of that truth that was already in. And when that truth is recognized, then guess what comes next? Come on now. Repentance. It will bring you to repentance. Yes, sir. Yes. And when we are, when we repent and glory be to God, then God brings forth restoration. restoration. Yes. Yes. It's God that restores. And when He restores, He's restoring for a purpose. Come on, sir. And that is that the church be ready. That's it. Be ready for what? Uh -huh. Be ready for just what you know that you know that you know. That Jesus is coming again. He is coming. He is coming. Even the song, I don't know if you recognize. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I, I did shade so y'all can't see all the praise. But see, back in 1997, that song that a minister, Carol song, My Help, that was something I believe by, by uh, Bam Crawford originally made it. And it was, you know, back then they, uh, they, 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 when they put out songs, more than one day, they put them together, it was called an album. Okay? And if I remember correctly, the, the name of the album was something to the fact that he is coming any day. Uh, any day. And you notice I didn't say, excuse me, you notice that God didn't say that he's calling the church to, to recognize this truth. That their hearts would repent before him of this idolatry that has captured us in ways that we don't even, uh, we, we learn idolatry on, on the outside things. Yo, houses and cars. No, idolatry can be at work right in your heart, my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you won't let that uh, that jealousy or that envy go. Uh -huh. Glory be to God. And it's, uh -huh. it took that personal uh, place that, that God used to have, a relationship that he used to dwell in that place on the inside. It will bring forth repentance. And that repentance, again, yes, it will bring forth God's freedom. As he says that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. Hallelujah. And he wasn't just talking about the sins that will save your soul. Come on, sir. He was talking about those that you will do afterwards that will keep you in right standing and useful for the kingdom, my friend. But you'll notice that when it came down to the fact of the matter, is that he will restore you from when you repent so that you can be ready. He didn't say for the church to be so you can get ready. Come on, somebody. Y'all missed that. What God is doing is 
to get ready, my friend. It's for us to be ready. Lose it. Yeah. 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 
But if you hate your life, yeah. if you deny yourself, you will save it. And what is he talking about? He said that you will be used, then God can use it. And he was talking about the rest of your stays. And even when he told him that you're going to lose your life, he wasn't talking about you're going to die and go to hell. He said that you're just not going to be a vessel that is useful in this life. And that means everything to God as he's given you the days that he's given you. We must deny ourselves. Pick up your cross. Picking up your cross is one of the hardest things. What does that mean, Pastor John? It means that, that you must suffer. That he who suffers, Jesus said it like this, he who suffers for me will be raised with me. He said, the word God tells us in 1 Peter 6, it says, rejoice though, though down for a little while. For the rest of your little stay here, which is a vapor, if need be, that you may, you may, you may be grieved with various tribulations. It says, rejoice. Rejoice. We must 
deny ourselves. And know that it's all right because that's God's way. That's it. That's it. We must pick up that cross and know that it's all right for the rest of our stay here. Matter of fact, not is it only all right. It's what it's all about. Come on, sir. We are soldiers on the battlefield. What do you think we're supposed to be on the on, uh, the battlefield is the uh, the beach and, and, and Myrtle Beach something? Come on. Come on now. Come on. No, my friends, the battlefield is just what it is. And you have to be a soldier. And, and the soldier that you have to be ain't one that you gotta come up with, is one that the Spirit of God will strengthen you with. My help and my strength comes from the Lord. Without the spirit. Don't tell your neighbor. Come on. Don't tell your neighbor. Come on. You gotta recognize, you gotta recognize. No, tell yourself. Yeah. Say self. Self. I gotta recognize. I gotta recognize. No, better yet, say self. Self. You better recognize. There you go. Come on, somebody. There you go. Oh! 